Actually, please excuse me, I've got to take my jumper off. I'm feeling quite warm. <laughs> Preaching is warm work. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Just go warning. Is everyone looking forward to Christmas? Yeah. It's a busy time. But I pray, God, that as we celebrate Christmas and as we look forward to the new year, that we take time out and pause and consider what is the true meaning of Christmas. If I were to ask you, what is the time? What would you say? What's the time? Anyone? 11.30. Sorry? Just got 11.30. Just got 11.30. Okay. Anyone else? What's the time? Sorry? Christmas time. Okay. Lots of different ideas about what time it is. And today, that's what I want to concentrate on. I want to consider what time it is. Because time is very important, isn't it? In fact, you may have heard this idea or this thought that time is of the essence. So what does that mean? Time is of the essence. It speaks regarding the essential nature of time. The importance of time. The significance of time. And the urgency of time. We live in a world constrained by time, don't we? <coughs> we get up at a certain time. We go to bed at a certain time. We eat at certain times. Breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time. We go to work, school, college, for a particular time. We have appointments to keep, where we have to be somewhere at a particular time. Occasionally... We even start church on time. <laughs> time is very important. Our world is constrained by time and we are restricted by time. And Solomon has something to say about this, doesn't he? In Ecclesiastes 
3. He says, there is a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. And so on. It's a familiar passage. I won't read it all through. But Solomon says there's a particular time and particular seasons for particular purposes. And though we are constrained by time, God is not. We operate and work according to time. But God operates and works according to purpose. <coughs> Quite often, we say to ourselves, Oh, I wish I had the time. If I had enough time, I could finish what I need to do. God never has to say that. God never runs out of time. God neither has to rush or to delay. God does everything on time. And that's very reassuring, isn't it? God is always on the ball. He's never early. He's never late. God always does things at the right time, just on time. So we can be confident in him. God does everything at the right time. And though often we serve time, and time is our master, we do things at certain times, and we have limited time to do what we need to do, Time is not God's master. In fact, time is the servant of God. God sets time to achieve his purposes. God has always enough time to do what he needs to do. Time serves God because he's an eternal God. He always has enough time to do everything at the right time. So, what's all this got to do with Christmas? All this talk about time. Are you wondering? What's he talking about time? I thought this was Christmas time. Hasn't he got a Christmas message? Shepherds and angels, cribs and swaddling clothes. What's, why is he talking about time? The reason I'm talking about time is I believe this is a message from God. So I'm giving you this message. Not about shepherds and angels. It's about time. It's about God's time. It's about being ready to operate and work according to God's time. But it does have a little bit to do about Christmas. Galatians 4.4 says this. 
But when the time had fully come, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons as children. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. At the right time. Not too early, not too late. God sent his son at the right time. Jesus came into the world at a particular place, at a particular time, in a particular way, to fulfil a particular purpose. That is, to fulfil God's purpose. We're going to look a little bit about God's purpose later on. But let's concentrate on this idea of the fullness of time. What does it mean, God sent his son in the fullness of time? The King James says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. The fullness of time refers to the appropriateness of the time. It's the appointed time. The time designated by God. Jesus came at the right time to fulfil God's purpose. Fullness speaks of completion and perfection. Jesus came just at the right time to fulfil God's purpose, to complete God's purpose and to perfect God's purpose, just at the right time. We're familiar with this term, fullness, aren't we? Especially if you're a mother or a medical person. We speak of a, a full-term baby, don't we? That's a baby born just at the right time. If the birth is premature or delayed, in a sense the baby's born at the wrong time. And there may be complications. So fullness means appropriate and at the right time. And Jesus came at the right time. He was a full-term baby. He wasn't premature and his birth wasn't delayed. Jesus came just at the right time. Are you getting an idea of the importance of time? And how important it is to God? And since time is important to God, it must also be important to us. Because whatever is important to God has an effect on us, has implications for us. So whatever is important to God must be important to us. So, Jesus was born at the right time to fulfil God's purpose. What was that purpose? Since he's born at the right time to fulfil the purpose, it's important to know what the purpose is, isn't it? Matthew 1.21 tells us. It's a familiar verse, so you probably won't have to turn to it, but I just want to read... Get the context. Obviously it's regarding the birth of Jesus. 
Joseph and Mary are engaged to be married. But at a certain point in the engagement, Mary's found to be with child. So Joseph decides that he wants to call the marriage off. He wants to put away Mary quietly so that she isn't put to open shame. And Joseph is pondering this as to how he's going to proceed. But in his pondering, an angel appears and says this to Joseph. (coughs) After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why was he to be given the name Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. That is the purpose of his birth. That is why Jesus came at a particular time in history for this particular purpose. That he might save his people from their sins. (coughs) She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was born with that particular purpose. To save his people from their sins. This is the purpose of his birth. And his people means all people. God's salvation is for all people. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's going to be saved. I'm saying that God's salvation is for all people. Whomsoever will may come. God calls all. God is willing to save all. But we have to respond to his call. But his salvation is for all people. So, Chris, Christmas is not really about Turkey. Trees and tinsel. Nothing wrong with those things, but that's not really the real meaning and purpose of Christmas. Christmas is about God's plan of salvation for the whole world. Amen. Amen. The Christmas story is the story about the birth and coming into the world of the Saviour of the world and reflecting on this I was thinking that sometimes we separate Christmas and Easter as if they're two separate events one at the beginning of Jesus' life and one at the end with a span of approximately 33 years which have no relation to one another but we must never separate Christmas and Easter because both Christmas and Easter are to do with God's purpose of salvation for the world. Christmas and Easter 
are related events aligned to the plan and purpose of God regarding the salvation of all people. At Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Saviour, which looks forward to Easter, to the death of Jesus, to the death of the Saviour. Easter is the completion of God's purpose for the salvation of the world, which began at Christmas. So you've had a little bit of Christmas in there. I didn't forget to speak about Christmas in my Christmas message. But what is my real message, the underlying message, when I'm speaking about time, the importance of time? My real message is this, as we celebrate Christmas and as we look forward to the new year. I believe that God is calling us into a different dimension, into a different appreciation of his plans and his purposes as we step into the year. I believe God wants us to have a new attitude, to appraise life differently as we step into the new year, to see things from a different perspective. That's my real message. God is calling us to step up higher, to live differently, to think differently, to be different as we go into the new year. I believe that God wants us to be like the men of Isaacar. Do you know about the men of Isaacar? Anyone heard of them? What have they got to do with Christmas? The men of Isaacar. You can find them in the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles. Anyone familiar with the men of Isaacar? Or am I... No? A few of you maybe. But I believe that God wants us to be like these men. And who were these men of Isaacar? 1 Chronicles 12.32 tells us who they are and what they are. This is what the scripture says about them. The men of Isaacar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. I believe that God is calling us to be people who understand the times and know what is to be done. Do you believe that? This is the sort of people God is looking for. People who understand the times and the situation and the circumstances and because they understand the times, the situations and circumstances they know what ought to be done. Because the men of Isaacar were like that. They were aware of the significance of the times. They were aware of the situation in which they and the nation of Israel had found itself. What was that situation? What did they understand? <laughs> Go back to verse 23, the beginning of the passage, in 1 Chronicles 12. It says, 
These are the numbers of the men armed for battle who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him, over to David, as the Lord had said. The situation in Israel was a situation where the kingdom was going to be given to David and taken from Saul. So these men gathered together with David at Hebron to support him. They came from all the tribes. And if you read through the passage, you'll find predominantly what it says about these men who gathered together at Hebron to support David are two things. They were brave men and they were well armed. It's good if you've got problems and you want to support someone to be made king that you find brave men and well armed men. Would you say? That's important. But it's something very different about the men of Isaacar. He doesn't mention anything about them being brave or being well armed. There was something particular about them. What was said about them is that they understood the times. And they knew what Israel should do. And these are the sort of people that God is looking for. Good to be brave as Christians, good to be well armed or well equipped as Christians, but God is looking for people who understand the times and know what should be done as we move into the new year. Those are the sort of people that God is looking for. Will you be that sort of a person? That's who God is looking for. The men of Isaacar understood the times. They understood that the kingdom would be given over to David. And here's the important part, as the Lord had said. They knew this would happen because God had said so. I guess many of the men who gathered together there were up for a fight. They were into supporting David. But the men of Isaacar were different. They knew that David would become king because God had said so. Not because they were brave, not because they were well armed, because they knew the plan and purpose of God. David had been anointed king, and the men of Isaacar understood that. They knew the plan and purpose of God, and because they knew the plan and purpose of God, they knew what ought to be done. Do you know the plan and purpose of God? Do you know what ought to be done? That's the sort of person God is looking for. Do you understand the times? Are you aware of God's plans? Are you aware of God's purposes? Do you have wisdom and insight from God? Do you know what you ought to do? Do you know what the church should do? Do you know what your community should do? Do you know what our nation should do? We're living in very dire times, aren't we? Very serious circumstances. <coughs> From day to day, events in the world are very serious. And God is looking for people in these times who understand the times, the significance of the times, and who know what ought to be done. The world is crying out for people who understand the times. 
who understand the circumstances in which we live, the situation in which we live, and who know who, what ought to be done. People who are in touch with God, who have God's wisdom and who have God's insight, so that they can speak and do according to what God's plan and purpose is. Will you be such a person as we go into the new year? Will you understand the times and know what ought to be done? So this Christmas time, let's be aware that Christmas time is the time of God's intervention into the world. God intervened into the world at a particular time for a particular purpose. In John's Gospel at the beginning it tells us if I had time I'd read through the scripture. But let's touch on a few verses from John 1 the beginning. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ who is the word he was with God in the beginning but the word that was in the beginning became flesh and made his dwelling among us the true light the gift light to everyone was coming into the world but what was his purpose why did the word become flesh why did the true light that gives light to everyone come into the world? It was for the purpose of bringing God's salvation to the whole world. The scripture says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, gave he, that is Jesus, gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Amen. So that's the time we're living in. We're living in the time where God intervened into the world to bring salvation into the world. And that's what we need to be aware of. That's the time we're living in. And the salvation that God has brought needs to be expressed by his people. The salvation that we've received needs to be taken into the world. We need to take that message into the world. That's the message that the world needs at this time. Will you go out with that message this Christmas time? God has sent his son into the world to save the world. And we need to take that message out. Christmas is about God's plan of salvation for the whole world. So this Christmas, apart from the turkey the trees and the tinsel reflect on the true meaning of Christmas. God's plan of salvation for the whole world. Amen. Time is of the essence. There's no time to waste. So this Christmas time, let's concentrate on that which is of greatest importance. This Christmas, let's receive and let's embrace God's salvation, which comes to us in the name 
of our Lord Jesus Christ and in his person. God bless you all. Amen. Amen.